Uh, oh. Um. Hello. Hey. <laughs> I, I clicked something and it shut down all of Google, and I was like, "What's happening?" I was just trying to get rid of this box on my screen. <laughs> I, I was like, "It's quiet," and I'm still. Oh, he's gone. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping that like. I would do it quick enough where you'd just still be finishing up your point, and I'd just be like, <laughs> just, "Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nailed it." No, nope, not the, not the case at all. This is Red Flags and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. Well, hey everyone. Thanks for making it this far. You've made it to episode 10 of Red Flags and Red Cards. My name is Nick alongside Josh. Josh, how's it going? It's going quite well. It's a little toasty here in North Carolina, but I think it's probably toasty all across North America. So It's awful. Um, Just yes. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So other than that, though, doing pretty well. How about you? Uh, things are going well. Um, had my first day at church today. I'm not on staff or anything, but I will be going there regularly on every Tuesday, which is nice, mm. doing audio production things. So that's all I've been doing today is just a bunch of audio and video and lighting things today. So it's been a really good day. I'm in a, a wonderful mood today, <laughs> which I'm always thankful for. And yeah, we've got so much to talk about. We've got a lot of NASCAR to cover, more than I really thought we'd be covering uh, a little bit of F1 stuff, good chunk of IndyCar, a little bit of soccer, and uh, a bunch of other sports, which is why mm-hmm. this title of podcast is called KFB and the rest of sports. <laughs> so with that, let's go to Texas and the basically, I would say, two-thirds of boring race. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, two-thirds. It was, a, it was a lengthy race, and the lengthy whenever a long race is kind of... Uh, strung out and not much action it tends to uh feel even longer um and become even more boring so it was a a tough first two thirds um but like you said then the the final third became a very exciting race um thanks in large part to a driver making a very big mistake (laughs) oh man quinn huff yep thank you sir For making this whole thing interesting. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I thought it was over on the whole. I mean, I enjoyed all the racing at Texas this weekend, um, especially the uh, Xfinity race was um, quite good. I, I thought, um, especially because you had a um, Kyle Busch coming through the field twice, um, which was always entertaining to see. I think I made a comment to you. I like that they were doing NBC was using a split screen. Um, and they spent a substantial amount of the first half of the race following Kyle Busch as he drove through the field. Um, and then at the end of the first stage, they made some big adjustments and went back to the end of the field again, and he drove through the field again. Yeah, and we've never really seen that before with uh, any kind of broadcasting where you know the broadcasting company is like, all right, we're going to follow this one driver, <laughs> and let's just see how long it takes. I'm wondering if NBC had a meeting on this upcoming weekend. They thought, oh, Kyle Busch is running the race. We should definitely just have a camera on him for X amount of laps and see how long it takes him to get through the field. Or it could have been an off-the-cuff thing. uh, Yeah, I'm not sure which, but let me tell you about one example that sticks in my mind as the greatest example of this ever. 
Um, so in it's the 1993 Miller Genuine Draft 400, I believe, at Michigan. <laughs> and you were four so, years old. <laughs> I was four years old, but this sticks out. I've gone back and watched it on YouTube. Um, but it was a race where Mark Martin had the most dominant car I think I've ever seen. And he like started eighth and drove to the lead in like 10 laps. Um, but then he had a, like a tire issue and had to go to the back of the field and the coverage just had an onboard camera of him for like 20 out of 25 laps as he drove from 43rd to the lead. And it was just one of the most awesome things to watch. Um, he goes on to dominate the rest of that race and then lose it because of it becomes a fuel mileage race. But oh, <laughs> nice. if uh, that's that's like the one one thing that sticks in my mind. And it was a cool moment. A, I mean, as a Mark Martin fan, obviously, if they're showing your guy on camera, it's more fun. Of course. Um, but it's also just neat to see racing and passing and stuff like that. So I love when they do that. So whoever's idea it was to keep an eye on Kyle, um, that was a great idea. Yeah. So he uh, he won the race, and it was yeah. This is gonna be so weird to say, but it kind of goes off what we talked about last week. How there's gonna be a day where we appreciate Kyle Busch, and when he won the race and was in you know, quote unquote victory lane, he had this a big genuine smile on his face for the win. I was like, man. It's good to see that again. And then I was like, wait, what did I just say to myself? Am I happy that he is happy right now? And then come to find out an hour later, he got the win taken away from him because his left rear, I believe, was too low. And that um, gave the win to Austin Sendrick instead. Yeah, which was good. Um, I, it's interesting wondering because um, we had a Cole, or not Cole Custer, Chase Briscoe was kind of trying to come through the field on that with fresh tires at the end. Um, and it looked like he could have maybe forced the issue with Cindric, but didn't. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how it, if he's regretting that now, um, knowing that that could have been a pass for the win. Yeah. Those two, I'm pretty sure, are buddies. Not that it really matters on the track, but they have respect for one, for one another. So, I mean, uh, Briscoe's got, what, five wins this season already? Yeah. So, of course, and, you want to win them all, which makes sense. Right. But I'm sure he was smart in not forcing the issue. However... Like you said, had he gotten second, he actually would have gotten the win. Yep. So. Um, instead, Sindrick gets his his third win of the year. Um, but uh, the win, probably the best car was all day was Justin Allgaier. Um, and he had that taken away because of an issue that we may talk about. We could talk about now or later. Yeah, let's talk uh, about that. All right. Well, the blend rule. Um, <laughs> so NASCAR has a, a vague rule that says that you can't blend on the track until the backstretch. Um, there are these dotted mean? lines that signify that, correct? Sort, not really. <laughs> that's where it becomes a problem because they're like, those are, that's like, that's the general idea is somewhere on the backstretch. But as David Reagan said, he's like, for years, guys have been cheating that. Um, now, with Justin Allgaier, he did go up really early when they showed the replay. I was like, that feels like the middle of turn one still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so. Um, I think it was Sindrick that called it out, and I was like, there's a valid point to that. Um, but then it came up again the next day with Eric Almarola blending, and Almarola looked like he blended a lot later than Allgaier, but also a lot earlier than, or a little earlier than the four, who didn't get called for the blend rule, but both of them were way before the dotted line. Right. <laughs> it's It's incredibly vague. That's what, as we were texting back and forth, that's what just made me so, so upset. It's like, you're going to give a penalty for a line we technically can't see. 
right. could see this line. We have these dotted lines that signify, hey, this is where you blend, which to me that says, okay, this is where I, I blend in. I cannot go onto the track until I hit this part of the, of the blend line. That makes complete sense. Put me in this box. That's great. You see it in Formula One. You see it in um, GT, you know, any kind of road mm-hmm. racing, anything like that. They have a line that you cannot go over until a certain point. And, and this line, for those who aren't aware, it's just a safety thing. If you enter the track too early, you you risk hitting someone who's coming at you at full speed. Um, it could be like a blind turn. I mean, if you enter Texas in the middle of one and two, you know, a guy's not going to be able to make an evasive action, evasive move to get out of the way, and it'll just cause turmoil. Right. And backstretch, you have plenty of space to do that. So, yeah, when Eric got the penalty, but uh, Harvick didn't, I was, I was just so mad at that point. I was like, "Come <laughs> on!" It wasn't it had nothing to do with it being Harvick or, or Eric. It didn't matter who it was, but there was just no consistency there, which we've seen so much in NASCAR. But all of a sudden, we're we've we've been going to Texas for how many years? It's like twenty years, twenty twenty three years now. I think. Yeah, I've never heard this before. Right? Uh, yeah, I can't remember ever <laughs> seeing a blend line violation prior to Saturday. And right. then it was. It seemed like it entered the conscience conscience of NASCAR at that point in time, where they're like, "Oh yeah, I guess that is a, a rule of ours. I guess yeah. we should enforce it." And it's interesting too because the ones that kind of get enforced are the ones that get caught on camera and that NBC kind of brings it to the the attention. Not that it's NBC's fault. NBC is just trying to, you know, talk about things that are going on. Um, But because had NBC not been following that or talking about that, had it not been on the mind from the day before, I think it's very likely that he doesn't get posted for a penalty and you just, we just keep going about everything. Right. So, which I'm, I'm not all for always adding rules, but I'm kind of for adding this rule just because it, it it just reminds me a little bit of Formula One style for entering the track. It's a little it's a little different. You know, you get a penalty if you get on the track too early. I don't know. That's just me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes knows? sense to for like you said, from a safety standpoint. I mean, some tracks, it's a, it's a bit easier to understand, like Indianapolis. Yeah, it's off of turn two, but they have that entry lane that's mm-hmm. separate. There's grass between it. Um, other tracks, you know, it's vague because there isn't an option. Pocono, you're blending at the end of the front stretch. Right. Um, it's just... Which seems and, terrifying. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, you got guys coming guess, off at 200 miles an hour going to the corner, and you're entering at the same time. That just doesn't sound safe. <laughs> yeah, I guess, at least in that instance, it's such a long straightaway that there's enough time for spotters to communicate, hey, sure, yeah. go a half lane higher than enter than you would have because somebody's entering. Yeah. or exiting that road um but yeah it makes sense you got that dotted line there just put a dotted line around all the tracks and say this is the point that you blend at right and and if you, you know, don't you get penalty right it makes it quite simple yeah so um but yeah so kyle bush has it taken away and i thought he had a really good answer um as to kind of how that happened um, I'm not going to go into the details of it because he's a lot smarter than me and I would mess it up. But if you're really <laughs> curious as to why it was something with like, you know, it comes in at a certain height and then you pull the shocks out as you're getting it in the race mode. And it just kind of, they think they pulled on it too hard and made it too, something like that. Like I said, I'm not going to try and explain it too much because so I that, didn't do it justice. Right. <laughs> Here's off of what you said. That's very confusing because if you're able to make that sort of change, then why is it illegal? 
You know, I know I know NASCAR right. likes to keep these cars in a box, but it'd be cool if we could just see that at like him messing with that shock in a way that it did. Seeing that as a way of like when you adjust the track bar. You know what right. I'm saying? Like Yeah. It's like, hey, this works for me and it got him the win and you know, they just took advantage of it. What what do they they don't call it cheating they call it innovating (laughs) right well it was even funny because kyle made the point he's like we were really bad early on the problem kept being that we were too low there and so we kept doing stuff to raise it up so we raised it up and apparently we still didn't raise it up to the the minimum amount right um so but i mean the rules are the rules and i'm i'm okay i guess kyle said because kyle's pretty set on when he reads 100 100 xfinity wins he's not racing anymore so he made yeah. the comment in the Zoom interview. I guess they just want me racing in this division a little <laughs> longer. Yeah, he's only going to do one more this year, so we'll see him at least at one more time next year. Yeah, I think so. He's still at 97 wins, I believe. So yeah. he'll have up to five races to win three. And I mean, odds are Kyle will win that other one this year and win two pretty quickly next year. Yeah, gosh, 97 <laughs> wins in one series. Is that right? Yep. That is yep. unreal. Yeah. So, man, and so he he went on and lost well won but lost that race and then he went on and um, I wouldn't say he dominated the truck race but he did a pretty good job he was he was battling out there at the end with his uh, his teammate slash employee mm-hmm. um, Christian Eckes yep that was really exciting Christian was really holding on to it I really thought had he cleared uh, Kyle he would have won but alas he didn't and that has just got to be absolutely terrifying for Eckes to not only battle your owner, but you're battling, well, let me rephrase, you're battling Kyle Busch, not only are you battling Kyle Busch, you're battling your owner, your boss, your everything, and he never touched him, he never, like, you know, the truck never got out from underneath him, he slid into Kyle or anything like that, so to come home second after battling just a phenomenal driver, I mean, hats off to you, dude, He's he'll, he'll be fine, he'll be fine in the yeah. future. I know uh, Kyle spoke speaks very highly of Christian Eckes. Um, he likes him. Um, he's and Kyle's not somebody that lies about um, his drivers when he has a problem with how they're performing. He's he's pretty blunt about it. True. So um, Christian Eckes is somebody, just a 19 year old kid, um, who expect good things from in the future. Um, I think he'll, he'll, like you said, has great potential moving forward. So it was cool to see him um, race so well. Um, it's always cool. It's always fun to see somebody challenge Kyle, even if they don't get the win. Yeah. Um, so then on to the Texas Cup race, which, like we talked about, the first two thirds um, aren't really too much to talk about, short of Eric Almirola and the blend rule. And then um, it was pretty much Ryan Blaney um, and Denny Hamlin, I guess, were the, the dominant cars for most of that race. Yeah, I was really, really pulling for, for Blaney there. I really thought, you know, he's definitely going to excuse me, take it home and get and get the win. But there's always, I feel like it's a trend, if you will, where a guy who wins the first two stages, there's always that good chance he's not going to come home and take the take the win of the whole race, uh, which proved to to be true this weekend. And I'm sure he would have won had the Quinn Huff caution not happened. I'm sure Ryan would have won, and we would have had a very very boring race completely. (laughs) But Uh, yeah, maybe I don't know because Denny Hamlin had that the lead. Um, and while Denny, because Denny took the two tires and came out substantially ahead, and Denny like hated his car after that, was complaining about it, and Blaney was catching him, but.
but it's just with the the aero package and this tires um which the tires as a um it was the greatest tire ever made and that's terrible for racing oh it was awful it was terrible <laughs> the, the a car that had fresh tires compared to a car who had like 100 laps on their tires or running the same lap times However, um, I have been hearing that cords were showing towards the end of the, you know, end of a stint, but Mm -hmm. they weren't losing uh, speed. Right. Yeah. It was uh, the, they carried the same pace all throughout. So you had, you did have to, you couldn't just go on one set of tires. You had to, you know, make pit stops occasionally. Um, And I saw a lot of guys kind of got in a rhythm of left side only, right side only, left side, which is weird to have drivers taking left side only. Yeah. That's not. A thing. <laughs> a thing <laughs> yeah um but you kind of got into that rhythm um and then it looked like it was going to be denny kind of coming down to the denny versus blaney with denny having the track position advantage mm-hmm. um but there's still 30 laps to go so who could have known where that would have ended with and then um the uh quinn huff incident happened oh uh, my was, gosh <laughs> it was fun you, you just don't randomly turn left in the pit lane and say all right time to go pit and you're on the outside line right or was he in the middle he was in the middle he okay. was right in the middle of the the traction control or traction PG control one, <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah whatever you want to call that <laughs> yeah so it's changed its name 150 times yes. but um he was right in the middle of that which is the lane everybody's running and apparently he got called to pit by his crew chief and he just turned left towards the inside like there wasn't three cars about to come past him on the inside. Um, and yep. I think it was Christopher Bell he drove into the side of mm-hmm. and then got turned sideways and came down and hit Matt Benedetto, who was looking for another, like, top five finish. Yeah. Um, he's been rolling recently, and I think that uh, ended, I don't know if it ended his day, but it definitely cost him a, a decent finish. Yeah, it, it goes to show that you really do need experience before getting into one of these cup cars, and we'll get in that into that uh, here shortly. But this is week in, week out, Quinn Huff is causing some sort of wreck, whether it's just by himself or he's got, you know, um, you know, he includes guys in these wrecks that are not deserving of being in one where he just makes kind of, I hate to say it, but bonehead mistakes. And I don't want to be another podcast that just pounds on this guy for being a bad driver, but I'm glad NASCAR is sitting him is sitting down with him this week. I don't know if they already have or not. Uh, to talk about what happened on Sunday, but this kind of stuff can't be happening. I mean, he took the place of Landon Castle, which isn't, I mean, which is a big deal. And right. it just, it sucks that money got in the way of a, a good driver versus a very inexperienced driver. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's tough because I like Quinn Hoff, I think he's been in four or five wrecks this year, but a big thing is like just the way he, the way he picks lanes he doesn't always like pick a lane and stick to it. Like a lot of the more experienced guys that are, um, understand they're running at the back and they kind of know how to do that. Um, where that's just things he hasn't learned or doesn't know, or isn't being communicated with properly, which is, I think the biggest reason why guys like on the, the door bumper clear, which is a bunch of spotters who are constantly seeing him <laughs> race, um, that they have so many issues with him because they're seeing all the little things that mean that don't get picked up on TV because on TV, it's just, you know, Denny Hamlin flying past another lap car, but <laughs> on to the spotters, yeah. it's like, that was nerve wracking. <laughs> right. Um, even though it looks simple on TV. Um, so 
But anyway, that accident came out, which cycled things through to where you had uh, the Richard Childress racing guys came out of the pits um, one, two, and they never gave up those positions. No, I really thought Tyler Reddick was going to get eaten alive or even both of them because they're experienced drivers. But I don't know, just Austin Dillon's been in this series for a long time, but still you can, you get a little nervous on mm-hmm. how he's going to, you know, he's going to spin his tires is which Tyler Reddick did. Um, and, um, yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. And when we haven't seen RCR in the front, you know, not just the tops one and two, but I mean, top five, top 10, as of late, they're just more of a top 15 car. So to see them up there, you know, in the front, I was like, all right, give this three to five laps. They're going to get passed. And, you know, one of the usual guys will win. And sure enough, I believe what the, was there two more cautions that they had to restart? Yeah, it was two additional restarts they had to do, and they they held they held on quite well. I think the first restart there was a moment where like Reddick missed he spun his tires a little bit and missed the corner, and I thought, okay, that's not going to hold on very long. But he didn't have another issue the rest of the way, um, and Austin Dillon was also flawless, um, which isn't too surprising because Austin Dillon, whenever he's been put in positions to win, he's he's done it. Mm-hmm. It's not often that he gets put in those positions, but whatever yeah. he does, he's taking advantage of it. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, I was happy that, you know, RCR because Bubba is RCR powered basically. And he got mm-hmm. another solid top 10. So, I mean, all around a great day for, for RCR. It would be cool to see them, you know, continue this trend. I don't think that we're done seeing first time winners. So I really hope that next first time winner is Tyler Reddick or uh, Christopher Bell. Yeah, um, kind of hard to tell who which one it will be, but we'll see. It's it's pretty crazy looking down towards that the bottom of the uh, of the the point standings between that in that sixteenth to like twenty first range. Every car in there, like there's a few cars that okay, I'd be I'd be really really shocked if um, if Bubba won a race, just because while they've had like cars that get up to the top ten. There's never been an instant where like he's running top five. Right. The guys like Eric Jones and um, William Byron both had stints in that the Texas race where they're in the top five. Um, Christopher Bell's shown huge improvement. Um, Tyler Reddick's been improving as well every week. So there's all those guys that are currently either on or outside of the chase bubble um, that would not be at all surprising to me um, if they were to win a race. Um, Stenhouse would be a bit surprising unless, with the exception of Daytona, that wouldn't be surprising at all for yeah. him to win there. I really but, thought we were going to have him as a threat because he did really well. Uh, was it the second race at Darlington? Yes. Yeah, I think he got third place or so. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh, okay, he's going to do something. And he's yet to do anything really since then. So, yeah, definitely a long shot if you were to if you were to get in a, a win. Right. So, um, so it's it's the quality the level of quality throughout NASCAR right now is at a very very high level which is makes it fun um, because you never know when a, a Cole Custer who's <laughs> sitting twenty fifth in points is going to pull out and win a race or Austin Dillon from at the time he was seventeenth in points yeah and he made the uh, he the made move, the jump I think he's currently sitting fourteenth in points yeah um, so as then, they run but not and, by much and that pushed William out for now yep I really do hope he gets a win he deserves a win. Um, he's been in the sport for three years. This is his third year. Third yeah. year, yeah, okay. Um, but we're gonna come to another intermediate track, so he may he may snag that win. 
if he can Maybe. do well. <laughs> he and uh, Jimmy Johnson, they pretty much have the same speed. They have, you know, they've been running similar races, and then similarly, just something happens whenever they get towards the front. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this past week, Byron kind of got off sequence a little bit with tires, which was good. It got him up front, and he ran up front for a while. But then he had to eventually change four, which got him in the back. And then the first big wreck happened where he got spun out by Boyer. So then he rebounded up to 12th, but they wanted to fix some damage. Um, and then he was in the back, and Ty Dillon got loose, hit him, and he was out of the race. And so it's just, like, unlucky. Um, similarly, Jimmy Johnson um, gets aerotight behind a guy and just slams the outside wall. And his day's done when it looked like he had one of the three best cars, I'd say. Yeah, which is something Jimmy doesn't do. He knows better than that. It's, right. it's just been it's been a weird year all around a weird year for him My, i really hope it's not gonna happen i really hope he pushes back his farewell tour to next year so it can be done correctly right you know he can go to Watkins Glen, he can go to sonoma he can go to freaking indy you know he the, it, yeah i just i hate that this is his last year under such circumstances it really sucks <laughs> It does. It does. But I think he's also ready to be done. I'm <laughs> so, sure. I'm sure he is full time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this week we got a race on a Thursday and not a race on Sunday. So. It's so weird. We have we have the cup race on Thursday. Then we have, I believe, Xfinity or trucks on Friday and Xfinity or trucks on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then nothing on Sunday, like nothing on Sunday. No Formula One, no IndyCar, no uh, IMSA, nothing. I was like, silent Sunday. I was like, what am I? Ooh, good name. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy Um, your silent Sunday. Yeah, because after that Sunday, um, it's all bets are off. All sports are back after the next Sunday. Yeah. So it's kind of like a go out and do something with the family. (laughs) Yeah. I will say what is really cool about this final racing only weekend. Uh, The NAS NBC just released their viewership this past weekend for NASCAR Cup and Xfinity, the Indy doubleheader and IMSA. Uh, mm-hmm. the cup series was up 24% since, um, against last year's race. Xfinity was up 29% and most watched Texas race on cable in four years. Wow. The IndyCar doubleheader, um, up triple digits versus a rain delayed Iowa coverage last year. And the coverage from Sebring with the IMSA guys was the most watched IMSA race on record. And they even threw this one in there. MotoGP, good for them, man. MotoGP, NBC Sports debut averages uh, over half a million viewers. Nice. That's pretty solid. That's really cool. I really like MotoGP. I don't follow it closely at all, but I do enjoy just watching it and seeing those dudes wheel a motorcycle as low to the ground as they do. It's like, how are you? No, (laughs) absolutely not. I'm all about, like, pushing the limits, but... Nah, <laughs> not on a motorcycle. <laughs> and they seem to pretty regularly have great finishes. Like, oh, absolutely. Four guys nose to tail battling it out. It's it, it seems like it'd be awesome to keep track of. It's just kind of difficult to keep track of unless you're being super intentional about it, which I've just never been. It's kind of like you said, it was like, oh, it's on NBC right now. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. I turned on NBC thinking the race was going to be on NBC and I was like, oh, MotoGP's on. Okay, well, this is <laughs> this is new. I guess I'll go to NBCSN now. Uh, so that was that was really cool for NBC. Um, a little shift, still talking racing, um, and this kind of goes with Quinn Huff. But Brad Keselowski spoke out a little bit about 
inexperienced race car drivers and whatnot. Josh, do you want to explain that a little bit? Or would you like me to? Go ahead. You got it. Okay. So Brad Kozlowski came out this, this week, or actually it was Sunday, and uh, was stating that he just wasn't happy with uh, a few drivers, one in particular. He never gave names. But he was basically talking about how he has worked his whole life to get where he's at in NASCAR. And um, because of that, uh, because of that work, it's deserving that he is in, in the top tier of uh, stock car racing in America. And he's not a huge fan of guys who can just come in with money and just get to the top series with little experience and cause mayhem around the whole track. And uh, what his overall thought was, was um, if you commit, you know, a certain amount of wrecks or, or what have you, cause certain instances to happen day, uh, week in, week out, that you should be demoted to a lower series in order to gain some more experience uh, and work your way back up to the higher level of racing. Does that sound about right? That kind yeah. of what he was saying? So I'm kind of back and forth on this. Um, I, I love the demotion thing i think that is great uh but i'm not a huge fan i'm i guess i basically side with brad on this i'm not a huge fan of being able to just pay a lot of money and get to the top series that is the one thing that makes nascar unique is that you can do that and that's kind of what happened with uh i'll just say it with the quinn huff situation uh they had quinn huff whoever was behind quinn huff had more money than landon castle did therefore they bought out landon castle and Quinn Huff took his place. Quinn Huff has less experience than Landon, and uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at with this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get the on the one hand, it's kind of cool that like the every man could build a race car and go race it towards the top series. You know, for um, sure, it's kind of a cool element of that. Obviously, you and I can't just decide this week that we're going to be NFL players and just like no buy our way into onto an NFL team. Um, and that so is a very funny visual, though. <laughs> hey, guys, here's a couple million. Can I play? Can I be a wide receiver? Great. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so there's there's And so it's it's kind of a, a cool element. But then you also bring out the fact that this is the top tier of racing and there needs to be a certain certain level of um, quality to your racing that even if the every man goes out and builds his car own car and goes out and qualifies to race in it um, and meets, there are certain standards, but as one person pointed out, the standards are basically, Hey, go run this race. And if you don't wreck the car, you can race up at the next level. Um, and it really needs to be a little bit more to it than that. Um, so you need to be able to meet a minimum, I guess, quality requirement. And I think the biggest thing would be, time um and i've heard it like some people have been a bit extreme but i think there should be like a before you race in the cup level you have to at least race race one season of um xfinity or trucks yeah and there can't be and it kind of be like there has to be a general consensus that this person's not terrible like i don't think you need to go to extreme of like does this person do this does this person do that but basically if that person's struggling in the xfinity series and getting out of the way of people and you're noticed nascar is noticing that there's a trend you say hey take another year before allowing yeah. them to go to cup um and if they get to cup and they are doing that and they are struggling then say mm, maybe you should go back down a level and keep working on it um and also one person made the point that you know how great would it be like quinn huff the money he brings would be awesome to take to a lower truck team or xfinity team and to help take them to another level sure. we've seen with 
colleague racing that just a little bit of the right sponsorship and you know um can help propel a a team that doesn't really have isn't you know one of the big nascar teams and they've managed to build for themselves a a solid racing contender with right you know that's one races and then you you expect them pretty much to see them in the top 10 every week now and that's only within the last three to four years yeah exactly so yeah that is a, a very great point and I'm not against, I said this earlier, I'm not against Quinn Huff. I'm, I'm against just inexperience. Because not only is it you like scrappy looking on, on TV and on the track and whatnot, but it's, again, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I had a lot of money, and I'd, I don't have any racing experience, but if I had a lot of money and said, hey, here's $10 million, and I want to race this race, this race, and this race. Not, you know, if you have the right amount, a lot of guys aren't going to say no. That's right. terrifying, me being on a racetrack, not really know what yeah. I'm doing. Of course, NASCAR does have some sort of requirement. I don't really know. If, I'm assuming they have some sort of license. I don't I don't really know if they do or not. Uh, I know in other racing series they do. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, but it's it's like not much. It's like, like last year, Chandler Smith as a 17-year-old could only race on short tracks. And then this That's year... That's because he's he 17, a, right? Right. And right. then this year as an 18-year-old, because he'd... You have to like he had to run his first race on a short track and then his second race or not because he'd run the short track races. He qualified when he turned 18 to start racing on the intermediate track. And once he's come now that he's completed a race on the intermediate track, he's qualified to race on the super speedways, which means he's he's qualified to race everywhere. So it's not like a super in-depth one. It's just kind of a go out and don't don't mess anything up. And right. If you do that once. It's like, OK, you can go to the next one and don't mess anything up okay you're good yeah (laughs) make it through two so right i don't i yeah i doubt nascar will ever implement something any any stricter than that like because like f1 you have a super license in order to get to be in f1 which means you have plenty of experience or enough experience to get here because they're they're very strict on that sort of thing Mm -hmm. yeah but i don't really know if i i'd see that in, in nascar so what level of license do you have to, to get to have Lewis Hamilton fly by you no uh, matter what you do in the car? God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was racing a F1 2019 last night on Xbox, and I was in a Mercedes, and I was like, this feels amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even real. It was a demo. It was a right. demo game. I was like, this is so cool. This is what Lewis Hamilton drives. This is I'm beating Lewis Hamilton right now. Like he's just he's just phenomenal. Ugh. It's there's not a like it's surprising the first race of the year when um, he finished second that was like a huge shock and now it's at a point where it's like okay is he gonna win? I just you go into the race assuming Lewis Hamilton's gonna win and oh absolutely he finishes second and you go oh wow what a shock he finished second to <laughs> to Valtteri Bottas <laughs> yeah well that's a good segue into Formula One Lewis Hamilton got a second win in a row at the Hungara Ring in uh, Hungary. I was mistaken last week. I said Spa was supposed to be this past weekend. I was very much wrong. Hungary, Belgium, yeah, it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah. green, Europe <laughs> area. I get it all confused. Yeah. Everything's confusing. Um, he got the win, and um, the Max, get, Max, yeah, Max got Max second. Valtteri got, yep. got third. So kind of your your basic Red Bull, Mercedes lockout of the podium. I'm always afraid because I always watch always watch uh, the race in the afternoon because I can't watch it in the morning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, 
I, I turn off all notifications. I turn off Twitter. I turn off uh, ESPN. And I turn off Formula One apps because I'm always afraid. And then I don't get on Instagram until after <laughs> I watch the race because I want nothing to be spoiled for me. And I always think, Lewis is going to win this race. And I've <laughs> turned off all his notifications for nothing. Alas, that is what that is what happened. It was okay race. It, it would have been better had there been rain. There was yeah. there was rain at the beginning or just before the beginning of the race, so they had to start on intermediates. But two laps in, they went straight to um, to slicks. Or if you're Haas, they went to slicks on the warm up lap, which was a great decision because <laughs> mm-hmm. that put them third and fourth. Ultimately, they finished ninth and fifteenth, which then they got they both got a penalty, which they so then they finished tenth and sixteenth. The penalty was bogus. They, I think, I they never they they, they said the reasoning was uh, so it's like in the rule book it's Article twenty seven point one or something, and they said that uh, the driver must drive the car unaided, and I'm assuming that the crew guy saying hey we should get slicks right now was the aid. I don't know. They haven't really said so. With that, they got a. They were dropped a place, but Haas got a point, the first point of the season, which is huge. So congrats to them. Huge. Yeah, uh, um, so. yeah, and you had a verse to happen, <laughs> spinning out on the warm up lap, um, and putting it in the tire barrier, yes. the, the wall, and they had to replace the tires and get everything straightened out bef- on the grid, um, which they did impressively well. Yeah, on the <laughs> intro of. Like when the, when F one came like when the broadcast started, they were like, "Hello everyone, welcome to the Hungara Ring, where Red Bull is trying to fix their car." And I was like, "What? <laughs> what are we talking about right now?" And sure enough, there's tw- you know 15 crew guys on top of his car trying to fix the wing. Obviously, somehow he lost it, and I think it was I'm not sure which turn it was, but he lost it and it just crunched the whole front wing and demolished it. And somehow they fixed that car in. Under half an hour. Yeah, it was impressive. Um, it, it was even like just a minute before, a few minutes before it was starting that they were they were finishing. Yeah. Getting up from what I could tell, um, just from watching all the highlights. But, yeah, and so it's good to see. It's always fun to see Max um, breaking up that Mercedes, um, which Mercedes really, you know, they've really got the top four, posi- or three of the top four positions with Racing Point. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, so Racing Point is under investigation right now. Uh, from Renault, Renault put in, I think I talked about this last week, how Renault wanted to start an investigation because they are claiming Racing Point stole the design of Mercedes, therefore making their cars better. <laughs> Which I'm like, I mean, all your cars kind of look the same, I guess, but I don't know. It just seemed like a kind of a pissy contest for for Renault. They're just mad that their cars aren't performing, so they just need to attack someone else for having right. a better performing car. And don't get me wrong, it is incredibly weird seeing Racing Point in the top four, let alone even a points-paying position. Well, I wouldn't say that. Higher than, like, seventh or eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, which is cool, because it's about time Lance Stroll did well since he got that seat because his dad's a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> his dad is worth $2.5 billion, which is why he owns that race team. So it is cool. It is cool to see them, and it's cool seeing Sergio Perez do well. Um, so anyway, third, they uh, Renault filed another complaint this past weekend for the same thing for the design of the car, and they are allowed to file a complaint every week until the FIA are done with their investigation. Oh wow! 
Yep. So that'll be there will be a lot of complaints coming out. Yeah. So weeks, especially yeah. if Racing Point keeps running the way they have. Yeah. Uh, they've been really moving through the field quite well, too. I think that's part of the, the concern is <laughs> the way they're passing cars and stuff. Like right. That, uh, Renault can't do. And so they don't like that. Right. It would be cool <laughs> to see Lance Stroll up there, like on the podium, like, oh, look, a Canadian. Mm-hmm. That's almost America. That's kind. Of, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that works. Mean, <laughs> it might happen soon. He's only uh, 48 seconds behind Lotus <laughs> for a third. So, uh. <laughs> dude, there were there were five cars on the lead lap. Four yep. Oh, it's terrible. Yep. And poor Ferrari, they they can't get their act together. I'm not sure yeah. what happened in the off season. I know that they were under some sort of scrutiny from the FIA, but the FIA mm-hmm. never disclosed what they found in their findings of what. Ferrari were doing. I don't know if it was illegal or not, but whatever they did, they are not doing it anymore. And yeah, it's not looking good for Vettel's final year and at Ferrari, which is really a bummer. But I don't know. I don't Who know. Who knows? Maybe next year he'll be struggling at Haas. Dude, That's I hope not gonna happen. But that would be awesome. Yeah, I hope Haas <laughs> sticks around. I really do. They yeah. they did they did so well for like a season. And who knows, who knows? Ever since the whole rich energy thing happened last year, they just kind of fell off the map. But mm-hmm. that's kind of F one. Nothing too exciting happening. We got the next. We got uh, two Great Britain double headers at Silverstone. I love Silverstone, so I'm very excited to uh, to see that happen. It's really a bummer. There's not going to be any fans there because Great Britain does have some of the best Formula One fans. They're they're all Lewis Hamilton supporters, but it's still always a very exciting race to see um but once again no fans i do know that fans are expected to be in sochi but that's not until the end of september so we still got two months before we see fans at a f1 race but yep um we're we're seeing fans at nascar we're also seeing fans at uh indycar this past weekend yeah um, there was a good amount of iowa yeah Mm -hmm. a a penske dominated iowa race races yeah, Pagano took the first one, and Newgarden, um, Newgarden dominated the second one. I mean, Absolutely. he led like, like two hundred and thirty of the two hundred and fifty laps or something like that. It seemed yeah. like it was a, it was a ton of laps that he led, and nobody, nobody could touch him. Um, and it was really, probably more so because of pit strategy, um, and the way cautions fell the, the night before that, um, he didn't wasn't in contention to to sweep the weekend himself. Right. Um, but. It was really cool to see him win, though. It's always—I mean, he's from Nashville, so it's always fun to see him, to see him win. And hopefully, he'll come into barista parlor tomorrow when I'm there, and I'll just casually <laughs> walk up to him and be like, "Hey, nice win. That was a good win." Yes. Then just walk away. <laughs> that's like my ultimate goal because I see him at least twice a month, and that's mm-hmm. that's my goal in life right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think the the two kind of other big stories from that um, the weekend um, was uh, the fact that um, first off, Dixon did not have a very good weekend. Um, his car just wasn't together. All he was just never seemed to have it. Um, and with that, he finished second in the first race and fifth in the the second race. Finished directly behind Pagano in both races, and his points lead went from fifty four points to forty eight points. Ooh, big jump. <laughs> so or 49 points so um big deal that uh it, it's just showing how great dixon continues to be um but it was kind of cool to see pagano get that win um it was the fun race on friday because they were talking about oh i turned it on with about 70 laps to go 
and after the the big wreck, which is the other talking point we'll get to you. But they kept talking about, oh, Pagano and Dixon have to pit again. They have to pit again. Rossi's in the catbird seat unless Perez can catch him. And there's all of this like drama with that. <laughs> and then with like 15 laps to go, they're like, hey, they're um, they're counting them down to laps left. So maybe they're they're trying to stretch it. And then with like 10 laps to go, they're like, oh, yeah, they're all good on gas. So uh, nothing really to worry about. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you guys are making drama over absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. um, but the other big thing was that there was a huge wreck um, specifically ended up with Colton Herta. Uh, flying about 12 feet in the air and landing on the wall. Um, and he was perfectly okay, um, and probably even more directly, um, the person whose car he ramped off of, VK, um, was also okay, thanks in large part to the aero screen or windscreen or whatever you call it, um, yeah, showing screen. immediate dividends. Windshield. <laughs> windshield, yeah, sorry. It's, I'm, looking, I'm looking at a photo of his car right now, and the windscreen looks perfect. All right, so it was cool to see the windscreen uh, do do its job and completely protect Colton Herta um, because had we had this windscreen uh, back in 2011 when Dan Weldon passed away, he would still be with us because he was a direct result of a somewhat similar wreck that Colton had, not nearly the same speed. Uh, Colton's, the speed Colton was going was not nearly the same as what Dan Weldon was doing, but um, very cool to see those things work. We've seen similar wrecks uh, in Formula One where the halo is protected drivers. And it's always, you never want to see these wrecks, but when you do see them and you see that the safety precautions have worked, it's always encouraging to see. And these things are just going to keep getting safer and safer. These cars can go through so much and the, and the drivers walk away completely scot-free. Yeah, I mean, you'd still like to not see a car no, absolutely flying not. several feet above the wall. You don't see any car. <laughs> I don't care if it's a stock but, car. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, definitely improvements. And so cool to see that they were getting when in the interviews after they were kind of like, Oh yeah, it's cool that the, the, it did its job. Um, cause I don't think they quite realized yet how bad it could have been. If not for the, I'm going to keep calling it a windscreen. <laughs> I think it's what it's called. Is it? Aero? Yeah, it's a, I don't even know what it's called. Aero screen. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the screen in which the drivers look through. <laughs> right. And it, uh, it worked well. And so I am quite pleased. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun to watch the racing this weekend. Um, and, uh, yeah, cool. somebody, uh, Dixon's just going to march his way to the championship and it is what it is. Yeah, that's fine. That'll <laughs> yep. be fine. Cool. Well, that's kind of racing. Uh, Imza went to Sebring and Penske dominated. I think Penske dominated. Was that Penske that dominated? Yes. Penske dominated just like everything this yes. weekend, except, yeah. um, they didn't win the cup race, but they, they probably should have. So. Right. And <laughs> um, breaking news out of Penske, they will not be in Imza next year due to Acura leaving. And because of that, I'm assuming Penske doesn't plan on returning to sports car racing, which is a bummer. However, I did find out that, IMSA is going to be changing the what are now the DPI cars. They are going to be changing them to a different style of prototype in order for those teams to compete in Le Mans 24-hour, which is pretty cool. I thought that was yeah. really, really, really cool. All right. Well, we'll move on to our, our play-on yellow card, red card segment, um, yeah. which will be a bit more racing because really racing is what happened this weekend that mattered um, for the most part. Um, we'll talk about the FA Cup a little bit, but uh, just a couple of... Uh, <laughs> 
Um, the uh, so the first one um, just reading about Clint Boyer still hasn't started talking with Stuart Haas Racing about a contract next year. Um, so the the statement is this. Um, so I'm going to ask make a statement. If Nick agrees with it, he'll say play on. Um, if he's kind of in between, he'll say yellow card. And if he disagrees, he'll say red card. Um, so Clint Boyer looking to um, of talking about a contract next year. He wants to continue racing, but. I'm going to make the statement that Stuart Haas Racing should move on from Clint Boyer after this year. Oh, man. I'm only going to say yellow card because I love Clint. Mm. He's just a good personality to have in your garage. But unfortunately, the results aren't there. And and that's kind of what all this is based off of. you got to perform well. And he's just not consistent enough. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we see him there next year. Yeah, I think the, uh, the big question will be Kyle Larson. Um, who is, he's probably getting bored with, he's not, but he's won like 20 of the 32 dirt races he's entered this year, Good 26 grief. of the 38. It's, it's incredible. He's every circuit of dirt he's dominating. Um, and so I could see Stuart Haas, um, moving on from Boyer and making the move to Larson, um, after this year. But if Larson decides to stick with dirt or for sponsorship reasons, um, Stuart Haas decides not to go that direction, then I think maybe hold on to Clint for one more year, give uh, Briscoe one more year in Xfinity, um, and maybe insert him in a couple cup races here or there with another team, um, and then make the move the following year. That's the only other thing I could see. Um, Next one. Uh, So this has been in the news a couple weeks. We just haven't talked to it. But Tony Stewart and Ray Everham have come up with their own racing league that they will be running six races on short tracks next year, and it will all be on CBS. Uh, I believe it will be a Saturday night short track racing series more than likely. Um, But this will be a good competitor to NASCAR. Mm, I don't don't know about good competitor. I think it's going to be entertaining. I don't know if IROC was necessarily a competitor with NASCAR. It was just you kind of just enjoyed it for what it was. But it would give it runs for its money. So, yeah, play on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Um, it'll be along the IROC side of things for the most part. Um, and it'll probably have some NASCAR drivers in it, which will make it fun. Um, but it'll be cool to have short track racing. South Boston, places like that. It would be cool to see um, some old cup guys and stuff like that racing and people from other leagues so it would be good good to to to, it'd be good to see those short tracks on national network yes like to see south boston on a national network to see new smyrna to see five flags yeah that'd be really cool i'm excited about that all right the nascar announced this week that for the daytona roval there will be no practices for trucks or cup or xfinity and i think for arca too it'll be across the board first time most of these guys are seeing this track will be in the race um, and the statement is no practice at Daytona Roval is a genius idea and will make the race awesome. Why'd you have to state it like that? I was so ready for my answer. <laughs> I was going to give it a flat out red card because I thought it was stupid because it's no one's ever been on this track. I'll give it a yellow card. As much as I love no practice, these guys have literally never been on this racetrack before. So it makes me a little worried. However, the excitement value is going to be high. So, yeah, this is a this is not a play on, nor is it a yellow card. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a it's a. I think it's a terrible idea. 
and I love it. Yeah, that, I guess that. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess the no practice at Daytona Roval red card, but I love it. That I don't, probably be yeah, the way of doing I don't know. It. <laughs> I don't know why my theme today has been safety. I'm not sure what that's all about, but that's literally what I thought about because I've heard. I believe it was on uh, the Teardown podcast. Nat, someone NASCAR Daytona, someone is thinking about putting a chicane possibly yeah. somewhere on the front stretch to slow these cars down because they will be coming, they will be flying out of turn four into turn one, which for the road, the road course is just beyond uh, pit lane, which is a very hard left turn, similar to what we see at the Charlotte Roval. So I'd be very curious where they decide to put that chicane. I mean, because the the front stretch at Charlotte is flat, so it's easy to put a chicane there, but the front stretch at Daytona is not. Right. I don't know if you've heard anything different. Uh, maybe they'll, I don't know if they'll, I got nothing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, but either way, I'm I'm assuming Chase Elliott will win the race because he dominates the road courses right now. <laughs> Probably. And, um, and then finally, um, soccer. So Leicester City versus Man United will be a game, regardless of Man United whether or not they win this week. Um, that well, I mean that matters, but it will have huge impacts on which of those teams gets the final Champions League spot. Um, so, the statement is Leicester versus Man United will be the game of the year in the EPL. At this point, play on. Yeah. Yep. I'll watch it. Go Foxes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Man U has a game against West Ham tomorrow, which um, if they if they win would put them three points ahead of Leicester plus. As of right now, they're completely tied with points, and they're completely tied with goal differential. Um, oh, so if Man snap. U, Yeah. So if Man U wins, they'll also add to the goal differential. Um, so if they win 3 nothing, then Leicester will have to not only beat Man U, but beat them by three goals, um, which would add a whole other level Good of drama. Grief. But if Man U goes out and loses um, to West Ham, then all Leicester has to do is tie, and Man U would have to win by at least however many goals. And if Man U gets the draw then it's tomorrow then Leicester has to go in and win um so it'll be it'll be fun to kind of follow other than that there's not really too much more um it looks pretty safe like um, provided some surprise Aston Villa is probably gonna avoid relegation um oh yeah oh Bournemouth poor Bournemouth (laughs) (laughs) oh Um, man (laughs) But that's really the last remaining bit of drama in the Premier League. There's not a, Mm-mm. not much otherwise. I mean, Chelsea's also technically still could um, fail to make the Champions League if they lose out. But that would be very surprising. Um, if well, maybe not too surprising. They got Liverpool and Wolves. Um, mm. and so it's so boring. It's not boring, but it's kind of like meh. <laughs> right. For, for the past like two weeks, I've missed games mainly because i've been watching formula one mm-hmm. and the on saturday mornings so yeah that's that's kind of where that's at hold on back to back to the daytona road course real quick switch gears mm-hmm. again okay so we've tried out a brand new road course well we will have tried out a brand new road course two really i ims and daytona does yep. this put Watkins Glen or Sonoma at risk, or do, do we just add a road course to the season? Uh, you mean for the future, long-term future? Yeah, long-term future. Sorry. Well, long-term future, Watkins Glen isn't going anywhere. Um, that track routinely sells out. Right. So I want that's to go. just a, 
Yeah, that's just a, uh, a response to New York State saying, ah, we don't want anybody from North Carolina coming up here, um, So, which is fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as somebody that lives in North Carolina. <laughs> and so they're, instead of that, going down to Daytona for the Roval. Um, so I wouldn't put Watkins Glen in danger, and I'm not sure that I would put Sonoma in danger either. I think this is just an additional option or two yeah. for them to go to. Um, which I'm hoping that NASCAR will get to a bit more of a less fixed schedule. We're still waiting for the 2021 schedule to be released, and I think NASCAR is holding off just as things continue to unfold with COVID. I know um, people would prefer for the schedule to be released, but I think they're still playing. They're probably smart in playing a little bit of a waiting game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mm. All right, well, that's racing until... Mm -hmm next week but the fa cup uh the final will be arsenal versus chelsea chelsea beat man united three to one and arsenal beat man city two to nothing which man so close to a manchester derby for the fa cup final instead we get a london derby instead we get a london derby <laughs> and go chelsea only because christian pulisic and that's all i've got for that because i'm mad <laughs> yeah, <laughs> understandable. Um, a year where uh, Man Man City just, you know, Liverpool was just so dominant. Yeah. So it would have been nice to have this as a uh, kind of consolation yep. tr trophy. But uh, yeah, I mean, Chelsea, their top three since they've returned um, has just been phenomenal. Their defense has been suspect at times, but that top three led by Drew um, has just been really really good Pulisic didn't play um in the last match because he's been nursing a, a knock but um even still Chelsea just rolled um so I'm expecting Chelsea to uh to get the W there but um yeah we'll we'll see that'll be on August 1st yeah which is what also day was. Josh what day happens what happens on August 1st Hockey comes back. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> the first day of the NHL's uh, qualifiers, the Stanley Cup qualifier series slash the round robin games. Um, so that's something quite excited about. Um, they, uh, they've done 2,600 COVID tests on players and other people that will be in the bubble. Um, and so far, there have only been two positive tests. So that is a very good sign. Um, for the NHL moving forward to, I believe they'll be checking into the bubbles in um, Edmonton and Toronto a week from today, wow. I think, the 27th or 28th. Yeah, sounds about um, right. And so that will be exciting. Um, NBA is tracking similarly. They've done, um, between the 300 players they've tested, they have zero positive cases of those that are in the bubble. Good for them. Yeah. So um, not everybody's in the bubble yet. A few people that were kind of quarantine quarantining on their own because they'd had positive tests like Russell Westbrook um, hadn't joined yet, but there Russell Westbrook has had a couple negatives. And so he's entering the bubble, I think today or tomorrow. Um, so everything's tracking well for, for them starting July 30th. And then of course, baseball um, starts Hell on Thursday, right? Oh yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Bravos. Yeah. I'm excited. A good time um, for anybody with T-Mobile or Sprint. You can get MLB.TV for free for the next for this season. If you go to, I don't know, just Google it. <laughs> oh, you can do it. It's like through their free Tuesdays or something like that. So I got it today, and I was watching the, the Royals-Astros preseason game. 
um, which made me a little sad because the one thing without fans is we won't get to hear the Astros get booed every single game this year. Oh, that's um, so they planned. They planned COVID. This is all about yep. this, this, this. Houston. The Houston Astros started this whole thing. <laughs> Banging on a trash can and <laughs> yes, and have a virus in the world. Oh man! Um, so, uh, you got any expectations about anything with uh, all these sports coming back? Not really, and that's all, for two reasons. One, I've been so fixated on racing that I just haven't been haven't dived like dove dove diving dived into the land of the other <laughs> sports as much as I should have for this being a sports podcast, uh, but. I'm just excited to see it back. I think that's kind of how I was with soccer. I kind of, you know, I forgot that Liverpool was going to get the championship, like get, you know, get the title. And I was excited soccer came back. So I'm, I'm in the same lens. That's how I'm looking at the NHL and, uh, and baseball. I mean, heck, I mean, I'm excited to see the NBA, just see some basketball. We didn't get to get, we didn't get March Madness for college. So it'd just be nice to see basketball return, which is something I mm-hmm. never really would thought I'd say. Um, so it was, it'll just be good to be able to, you know, finish the work day on any given night and some sort of sport will be on, which yes. it should be grace, which would be great. I mean, and that's kind of how the midweek racing thing was going on. You know, we had racing almost every day, so it'd be really cool to see, you know, NHL, NBA back on. And, and just baseball. to kind of put things into perspective of how awesome all this will be with the NHL, the way they're doing their bubble system you will get for the first um, six days at least, or yeah, the first six days, um, five games a day. So it, like the season starts, the the qualifying round starts with you got the Hurricanes Rangers at twelve, and then the next game is at three, and then the next game starting at four, and another game starting at eight, and another game starting at ten thirty. So you will literally be able to watch hockey from twelve until about one a.m. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> 13 14 hours of hockey a day um it's gonna be a whole lot of fun so if you can you know work it out in your work schedule to have a have some hockey on in the background yeah Um, i haven't looked at the nba schedule yet but i'd imagine theirs is similar ish but i think they also have more courts at their disposal where the nhl you're looking at you know you got one rank in toronto and one rank in edmonton and so it limits how many games you can do a day right um, for at least those first six to eight games, there will be five games, a day, five or six games a day. And then after that, it will, uh, it depends, you know, cause they're best of best of five series. So if you get a couple sweeps in there, there won't be as much hockey, but uh, it'll be nine straight days of hockey and it will be fantastic. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Yep. I'm really bummed. There's not going to be any fans there, but it's okay. Cause that, yeah. cause we're moving in the right direction. That's kind of how I've been viewing viewing this i've heard so much stuff about oh we're not going to be able to do live concerts and then fans aren't going to be able to go back to the live events for until like 2022 i'm like eh. i mean i understand that you're trying to be a realist but it sounds like you're a little bit just fear-mongering a little bit the fact <laughs> that we even have organized anything happening is a step in the right direction and oh by the way there was twenty-five thousand of us socially distant apart at bristol motor speedway last week yeah. So I think yeah, we're I mean, moving in the right direction. It's still going to take a so, while. Yeah. It's helpful that like we were outdoors, indoor sports, yes. I get being a bit um, tougher to work in fans and stuff like that. You want to yeah. be even more cautious with that. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely exciting time. So next, uh, by the time we, we're recording next week, we'll have started baseball. 
um, and we'll be just days away from basketball and hockey beginning. So um, it's going to be a great next few weeks. Yeah. And uh, that kind of does it with all the sports. Do you got anything you want to rant ramble about? Yes. One thing um, is uh, the importance of as a hockey team or as a sports team, understanding um, kind of the importance of a broadcast. And one of the things the Hurricanes are doing is they have basically parted ways with their play-by-play announcer, John Forsland, um, over a really financial matters. And it's, you know, it's understandable. It's in the right of the team to offer whatever financial things they want to you. But basically they were offering John Forsland like a round of 50% pay cut, but then he could make some of that back, but it was based off of fan attendance. And so, like, we're talking probably somewhere around fifteen to $20,000 a year guaranteed, and then only a few thousand dollars <clears throat> on top of that, depending, especially if there's not fans next year. And it's just, to me, it's it seems to be missing an understanding on the part of Tom Dundon of how John Forslund, as the play-by-play guy, is really connected to the Hurricanes. He's somebody that people connect as you know one of the voices of the hurricanes on top of that he's pretty well regarded as being the best in the business Um, whenever there's any type of poll amongst the league of who has the best home broadcasting um, team the hurricanes are always ranked towards the top this past year they were number one in the athletic um, and it's largely because of how good john forslund does he regularly does games for nbc as well Um, so i think it was a terrible move by the hurricanes doing this um they probably should have prioritized you know paying a guy that's been in the business 30 years and is one of the best at it um so what i would recommend to any nhl teams listening out there because i know you're doing that um I'm sure the play-by-play guy you got is great, but uh, he's not John Forslund. So if you're looking <laughs> to make a move, I'd go after John Forslund because even as a Sabres guy, and I really enjoy, I mean, we have Rick Jenneret was a legend, but he's in his 70s now and he's in partial retirement. Um, and we got some good guys behind him, but I'm like, you know, if they went after John Forslund and let go of the other guys, that would be completely understandable because of how good he is. So that's kind of my rant is uh, – you can't let somebody like John Forslund go. But, yeah. yep, here the Hurricanes are. Man, they couldn't let anyone else go or cut someone For else? Jeez, yeah. man. That's awful. It's, uh, it stinks. Especially when it's the voice of the team. Right. Like you like you said, you as a fan, you resonate with that with that voice, with that person. And now, yeah. and now someone has to fill his shoes and probably get a bunch of hate mail. For, for ta- real. For taking, like, his, for taking his spot. Like, that's the thing is whenever they the Hurricanes score a goal, they have his call come on at the end where he does the that's hockey, baby. Yeah. And he also has like the hey, hey, what do you say? And there's just like these iconic things. That's like this is I connect with the Hurricanes. It's right. John Forslund. Um, and I'm sure you guys have that in Nashville. I know yeah, we in Buffalo do. we have that. And it's you know, there's this great connection um, with the the home home guy. But John Forslund is just phenomenal at what he does. And so NHL teams, somebody go get this guy. I bet he ends up either on NBC full-time or, uh, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tampa Bay. I think they have an opening, so I bet they scoop him up as well. Mm. Yeah, we've got uh, Paul Paul McCann. I think it's how you say his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of our guy. So anytime there's a minute left to go in the period, he goes, like, one minute left in the period, and everyone says, thanks, Paul. <laughs> yeah, so if we, I think if we lost if we lost him, that would, yeah, what? No can't do that i guess my rant for the day i haven't really talked about it much because i've been really trying to form my own opinion on this is uh 
as we all know, the Washington Redskins have lost their name, the Redskins. And I was really bitter towards it for a while because out of principle, I just feel like it's an inconsistent thing that America is doing right now. You know, in, in a way, it, I, in a way it is consistent. In a way, it's incredibly not consistent. Um, but I've kind of come to grips with it, and I was listening to Dale Jr. talk about it, and he really helped me kind of form an opinion about it because I've really tried to come to grips with something so simple, like it's a name of a team. But that's just it, is that it's it's a, it's a name of a team that I've connected with since I was born. Like I grew up in Redskin onesies. I have a Redskin kitchen apron five feet away from <laughs> me right now. Um, and as I was listening to Junior talk about it, he was like, he, he was very positive about the change. You know, he kind of said, you know what, maybe this, maybe this needs, this needs to happen. And, you know, he's, he's trying to get more open to change, which I've kind of become that as an individual lately, just really trying to be open to other people's opinions and change and, and being okay with those changes. And I was trying to think of an analogy for all this. Um, it goes back to when I played peewee football. For the first, for two out of the three years I played PB football, we were the Broncos, and we had the classic orange jersey, the the helmets with the D on the side with the Bronco coming out, and just like it was just like super old school and just super awesome. But then we found out at the end of the second season that we were going to get new uniforms the next year. We're like, yeah, you know what? That's going to be awesome. These are going to look so like so cool. Like we're going to be the new the new team on the block. Like this is going to be great. Like new like fresh looking team. Well, we find it like. Fast forward to the next season. We got our new jerseys and our new helmets, but what team were we? What team just got uh, put back into the NFL? The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so we got the Browns uniforms, and we were like, what is this? This is stupid. And we found out like the reasoning was if we had gotten the blue jerseys for the Broncos, we would look like the blue jerseys for the Cowboys, and it just wouldn't look good, and this, that, and the other. We are like, okay, whatever. So anyway, we, we put on the new jerseys, we put on the new helmets, and after a while, we we're like, yeah, this is cool. Like, this feels good. We're, we're, we're fresh. We've kind of got a little bit of new identity here. And, and we're, we're going to dominate. And we did really well that season. I think we came, was, I think we came in second. I think we lost, like, the, the last game to, to clinch the championship or whatever. But I was thinking about that for the Redskins. And I was like, you know what? It does suck that we're going to be losing this, this, this name, this icon, of a, of a, of a team, but we're really not, we, we get to have something fresh, something new, something to, to really restart this franchise and whatever that name may be is yet to be seen, but whatever it is, I've just kind of decided to, to own it and to be excited about it and to, um, not be, try not to be bitter towards, uh, you know, them losing the Redskins, which I feel like I've gotten a lot better about it. And, um, yeah, I think overall, I'm just excited that we'll just have a fresh start. For for, mm-hmm. the, for the Washington insert here name, I'm not sure what they're, we, we still don't know what they're going to be yet, but um, I'm all for whatever they decide to be, and I'll definitely be buying Washington merch as soon as it's out. Yeah, and uh, one other point of news or not news, it's just funny to me. Um, Liverpool announced that the players have chosen the Coldplay song "A Sky Full of Stars" to feature when they lift the Premier League during the light show and firework display tomorrow night. And uh, Men in Blazers tweeted twenty five point, de- 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 point sorry twenty five point deduction surely. <laughs> yes, yes. Men in Blazers for the win. So oh funny. man, I saw those guys live a few months ago, and they are a hoot. They are so funny. Ugh. 
I thought you were gonna say like I thought you were gonna pull like a Harry Potter like <laughs> like twenty five point deduction from <laughs> from Liverpool or something. <laughs> Basically, like, yeah, 50, fifty points lost from from Gryffindor. <laughs> that's what, oh, that's good stuff. Oh man, well that that about does it for our show today. Thanks for sticking around. Yep, uh, indeed. For episode ten, you did it. Okay. We're, gonna, we're, we're gonna keep the, we're gonna keep this train going we like doing what we're doing and uh yeah we'll see you guys next week have, yes indeed have a great hot weekend bye later